We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. One of my favorite things is to predict the future because I don't think a lot of people had Cincinnati in the Super Bowl last year. Winning the AFC North was a little bit of a surprise. But this year, some would say they're hunted. They're going to miss the playoffs. That was just a fluke. They got lucky, which, yes, in the playoffs, you do get a little bit of lucky. You have to be good, lucky, and healthy. And that worked out for them. So, you know, maybe they can do it again. Let's get to it. We don't have to break down every single game, but there are a few highlights throughout the season that I think you can predict that could go either way. When you think of NFL teams, you think of some of the best. They have those games every now and then where you're like, you should have won that game. You can go back to last year for Cincinnati. should have been the Niners game. A lot of people could say the Jets game was kind of a flop, kind of a mess, and the late call at the end of the game could have flipped things. They could have come back, tied the game. That game you, you definitely wanted back. Uh, the Browns' first game, everything that could go wrong went wrong. When it rained, it poured for them against Cleveland in the first matchup. And then the second game, I don't really think that counts because they didn't play their starters. When you look at this season, where do you have the Cincinnati Bengals? And give me some of your highlights and some that, you know, might surprise some people what they're going if they're going to win or lose. Okay, so... Um... I don't. Would it be surprised if they start off really hot? Like I don't want to say that they start off like seven, eight, no. But then you look at the opponents, and it's like I think the week two game at Dallas is tough because that's that's a really good team. They were, I think, like number two or three seed last year in the NFC, and uh, it's on the road, so that's tough. But you got your Thursday night game at home. That's just such an advantage, even though that's a good team. You're in Baltimore, but they beat Baltimore so bad last year that it's hard to pick against them. They don't play a team that makes you – like I, I get nervous about the Dallas game, and I'm a little bit nervous about Baltimore and uh, the Miami games. But you look at the opening of the schedule, it's Pittsburgh, Dallas, New York Jets, Dolphins, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Browns, Panthers, by Steelers. And that's 10 straight games of like, I think the Bengals are the better team or at least as good as that opponent. If I'll say better, I'll say the better team because Dallas is down Tyron Smith and Michael Gallup and all these guys. So yeah, the 10 straight games with the better team. And then they play the Titans. They're probably the better team there. Then they play the chiefs finally. And that's the first game that makes you think like, okay, I don't know. That's Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they've got a real big grudge, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team is eight and one, nine and zero by the bye week. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I okay, maybe not nine and zero. I'll say eight and one, seven and two at the bye week. Like really, really good by the bye week because once again, the second half of the schedule is what is stacked. Am I doing hot takes or predictions? <laughs> no, I love it because you're acting like me. Because I'm optimistic. I'm always like light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, this team can repeat because they have Joe Burrow. This defense doesn't get enough credit. I think the defense is better than it was last year. If the offensive line stays healthy, it's obviously the best offensive line that Joe Burrow's had. It's the best since 2015. And I don't think that's a hot take, which is crazy. In seven years, they finally have one. What did that 2015 team start? It was like 10 and 0. They 
I remember they went eight and zero in prime time. Was it ten and zero? I don't know. I'm gonna quickly Google that while you talk. Google because I remember they went eight and zero. It was prime time. I remember Tyler Eifert, Andy Dalton. You had the duo, this offense, this defense, this offensive line, and that's not what last year reminded me of. Last year's team reminded me of 2005. To be completely honest with you, I know a lot of people want to make the comparison to 2015, but last year it was 2005 for me. But it was it was eight and zero, and then of course a six to ten loss on Monday Night Football to the Texans. That's so brutal. That's so, <laughs> that, that's so mid 2010s Bengals. You know what? Not to live like the 2015 season again, but there's so many things that just like are such a bummer. Obviously the Steelers game Steelers. It's just the perfect connection. That Steelers game when Andy Dalton tries to make the tackle after he threw the interception uh, yeah. and then he's out and, and Andy was playing at an MVP level because he had an offensive line. And then the Arizona Cardinals game. I mean, all of that stuff is just coming back into my head right now from 2015. That was a fun team. That was a fun team. And if Andy doesn't make that tackle, I think that they're winning in the postseason. I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl because 2005 was definitely going to the Super Bowl. But, you know, that game happened against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All that bad stuff. Bad, bad, bad. (laughs) 2005, 2015. Let's get back to 2022. What's going to happen this year? You say you could see them starting 8-1, 9-0. Be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I could. That, that That's definitely not out of the realm of the possibility. That's where the easy part of the schedule is. And they get lucky. They get to face Dallas without Tyron Smith, and that's a much different team. And I know Dak Prescott's good, and, you know, it's just a good team in general, but they're down Cooper. They're down Tyron. They're down – they don't have um, – didn't that, that edge rusher left to the Broncos? They just – it's not as loaded as it was last year for Dallas. And then – other than that, I mean, I guess the Browns are always a team that can upset the Bengals because they've just, as the Bengals have may have had the Steelers number, the Browns have kind of had Zach Taylor's number, but that was also That's with Baker. Baker. Yeah, it also was. Well, they play Baker right after. <laughs> Lucky them. Lucky so we'll see, we'll see which one of them plays better against the Bengals, the Brissett Browns or the Baker Panthers. So, uh, but yeah, this, the front half of the schedule to me is just, much easier than the back half. So I could see, I'll say eight and one because you just have to give wiggle room for a a dropped game. Just the NFL, every team's good. But then the second half, they could end up not, they could end up with like 12 wins, even though they started eight and one. Like, Like my prediction for them, it feels like 12 and five, but I could see them starting eight and one and not limping into the playoffs, but it's just, it's just a bunch of brutal games. The Chiefs, the Browns with the guy, the, the nasty man. Yeah, the, do we have to mention here. his name? Maybe not on this podcast. I'd be didn't, fine with that. Didn't say the name, but you know, he will play. The Buccaneers, the Patriots, I feel like are just always going to be the Patriots, the Bills, and then the Ravens again. I'm hoping the division's wrapped up by the Ravens game, hopefully in the Bengals' favor. And even the Titans were the one seed last year, even though it didn't feel like it. So that's where like all the rough games are, in my opinion. They weren't really spread out that well. But this is also kind of how it was last year. And then the Bengals just went on a tear and beat every tough opponent for the most part in the second half of the season. So I don't know. It's hard to predict the schedule, but I'll say I guess the prediction that will be wrong is they start eight and one and finish 12 and five. See, I'm leaning towards 11 and and I have 11 wins and then I have 12 wins and I'm talking myself into 12 but I could see 11 and still winning the AFC North. At the end of the day, the most important thing, this sounds so dumb, but it's true. If you're healthy, you you could win 12, 13 games. 
maybe even more than that, which is insane to think about. But if this team stays healthy, they have the defense, they have the quarterback, and they have a top five quarterback. I don't think I'm really breaking any news by saying that. And Joe Burrow, what he was able to do in his first full year in the NFL last year, I think of the Browns matchup. You mentioned that quarterback who shall not be named yet on this podcast. He comes back because he played, they played the Texans and then he comes back and he's on the road. That's in Cincinnati. And I think about the atmosphere and obviously if the Bengals are winning, which they should be, what that's going to be like for Cleveland coming in to Paycor Stadium. Um, you think about the Bills game and the atmosphere being at home, the Kansas City game again. Can they make it 3-0 against them, which would just be absolutely insane, probably see each other. No, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah, uh, that's just tough to do, right, especially against a really good team, to go 3-0 and against them. I mean, we talk about how they swept the Chiefs, but they were both such tight games. One goes to overtime, and yeah, they dominated the second half in overtime, but if they just score on that, uh, that play at the end of the first half instead of even if they just kicked a field goal, the Chiefs probably pulled that out based off of how the game ended up going. Like that might have been too big of a hole to dig themselves dig themselves out of. So that's just I feel like it's so tough to go three and zero against a, an Andy Reid led Chiefs team or like another team of that caliber, maybe the Buccaneers or the Rams or something like that, maybe the Bills. Uh, so that's why I'm just like, I don't know. Can it's at home, which is nice, but can you make it three and O against what I think is top, maybe the best, but I will, I'll just give respect to Bill Belichick and say the second best head coach in the entire NFL. Like that is tough and the best quarterback in my opinion, in the entire league. So that's just tough. If they can do it. Awesome. And I believe they can, but will they, it's just football. So volatile. and there it's going to be a close game, but can they pull out a third close game against such a talented duo? And then you also have to face Brady and Josh Allen and Lamar again. And <laughs> that second half of the year is just like some tons of great games, but tons of games that make me nervous. Here's the thing. I don't think I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to be optimistic here. I don't know if you're, you're you need to give Lou more credit because Lou showed. Oh, I love Lou help. and that, that postseason run should have gotten him a head coaching job. I'll say that. It's just, it reminded me of like what Belichick used to be able to do in game plan week in, week out and completely change. He came and there's no, uh, nobody's given a name for it. And my name's terrible, but that Titans game, I called it the meat package where he came out and DJ reader was like the second, the, the, the second smallest guy on the defensive line. They had Tyler Shelvin in the middle. I remember watching and I went, Oh, that's Reader. He's the big one. Oh, that guy is ginormous. Like Reader next to him looks <laughs> tiny, and it worked. They they brought all the big guys. I mean, the they played a six-one uh, tilt front, which was big from uh, what Belichick and Fangio did against the Rams because they knew that the Titans' offense was similar. So to do that, to play the six-one tilt in the meat package, as I called it, to stop Derrick Henry and the Titans' offense. And then the next week to just disregard the run entirely and then play a three-man rush with a spy for the entire second half and stop Mahomes. When everybody and their mother, their strategy is to play too high and pray against the Chiefs. Lou said, I'm going single high, but it's essentially uh, too high with a guy that's even deeper beyond them. So 
I so much respect for what he did. And he had a game plan that should have beaten the Rams. It was the offense that was shooting themselves in the foot. You look at September and yeah, I agree. They're so lucky to have Brian Callahan and Lou back. You know, when you think about the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, both will be getting interviews at the end of the season. I have no doubt with the way the season goes, if it does go according to plan, you look at September and obviously the Steelers at home, you get week two versus the Cowboys, the Thursday night game versus, or um, actually I'm skipping over week three because you go to New York and you play the Jets. Who can forget about the Jets who they're just such a toss up to me. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, don't count out the Jets in their division, but I'm counting them out right now. <laughs> and then you get week four versus the Dolphins Thursday night football, obviously a big deal. Prime time. It's the white helmet game. When you think of those four games, which one is going to be the hardest for Cincinnati? I, yeah, I said it. Week two at, in Dallas. I think that's the toughest one. Blocking Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Trevon Diggs is just Captain Insano with the interceptions, but also touchdowns given up. Um, that defense is just in general. Dan Quinn becoming uh, turning his hat around. And just like in Pokemon, things get serious as he turns the hat around. And he changes up because I was thinking like, oh, Dan Quinn is just going to be the Gus Bradley of that defense and be fine, whatever, run cover three all the time. Turns the hat around, and now he's he's calling all these blitzes and all these fun other things. It's like, oh, okay, he's got one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're pretty well coached, and I think they're a good team, and you're on the road pretty long trip not as bad as going all the way to the west coast but that's one of the longer trips they make this season um just peeking at the schedule that might be the longest trip because there's no west coast games uh yeah just just took a peek so um yeah that's the longest trip they make week two offensive line might not be gelling as well as you want maybe the dallas is able to figure things out with their offensive line I don't know. They're a good team. They were the number one seed, not number one. They're probably, I think they're a number two seed for the NFC last year. It's a good, good team. And while they've lost some talent, it's still tough to beat a playoff opponent on the road. And the, I mean, the only other games I think of, like you could call the New York Jets game a trap game, but I'm not going to call that the hardest game on the <laughs> four, four games. And then the Steelers game's a rivalry game. But again, I'm not going to call that one of the hardest games when they pretty much dominated Pittsburgh in the two matchups last year. The Dolphins game is the only really contender for me, but you get a big advantage playing Thursday night at home. The short week when you have to add in travel time and things that factor into that and that they don't have as good of a quarterback as Dallas, uh, I think that matters. And I also think, come on, Bengals, you can't blow that game. Ring of Honor game. <laughs> well, just look back to last year. It almost happened. So I know. I was there. And I'm but, going uh, to this one, too. But no, same. And honestly, I, 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 I want to put the Dolphins. But at the same time, I think about quarterback matchups. Cincinnati is the best quarterback in all four matchups. And who knows what week three is going to look like. They keep saying Zach Wilson could play this week. He's not going to play this week. Um, who knows when he really returns to this team. And obviously just kind of getting back into the groove of things. Um, but I think I, I got to go Cowboys. Um, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. It's on the road. It's a, it's a later game. A lot of eyes on the game. Um, that would be the one where, you know, I could see them falling and starting the season one and one. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I feel like out of all four games, that's going to be the most difficult one for them. So obviously you're going 12 wins. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going 12 wins. All right. I want to be different, but I think I got to go 12. I think that's fair. I don't want them to pull Arizona Cardinals, though. 
from last year. I don't want them to just go like eight and oh, nine and oh, and then just absolutely fall flat because that's what the Cardinals did last year. And I don't think they will because they have a better quarterback. But at the same time, I think it's going to be fun uh, to see how they start the season. But I will say AFC North champs again. Where are you at? Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens are going to be a good regular season team and they're going to probably challenge for that. But I can't go against the Bengals to win the AFC North. I just think the Ravens are week five is going to be very telling in Baltimore. I think that is the toughest game on the early schedule. I know we talked about the Dallas game so much. The only reason we didn't talk about this one because it's October 9th. That's the that's the toughest game on the schedule. Uh, not 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 the in the first half of the schedule. Pre-buy, that's the toughest game. And that's very telling for what's gonna happen in the division. Does do the Bengals go in there and just trounce them on Sunday night football in their own stadium? Just like they kind of did last year. Not night football, but they did just go into Baltimore and well, it was close and then it wasn't. <laughs> So can you do that again or do the Ravens play it close, pull something out, win the game? And now you're talking about like, well, now you don't even have the advantage on them. So you have to like win more division games and the AFC games and all these other things. So can you just go in there and sweep the Ravens so that you have the uh, tiebreaker? That's what I'd look for. I think that's the most interesting game and the hardest game on the early part of the schedule. Could you imagine if they swept let me ask you this, and we do need to wrap up. Our Nick, our producer, will not be very happy with us. But do you think this team will sweep the division? No. It's the Browns? <sighs> Man, I think I think they drop one of a Browns or a Ravens game. I think I, I'd put them at five and one. I'm I don't not. think they'll get swept by the Browns or Ravens, and I don't think they drop they could drop two games, I guess, but I don't. I wouldn't predict them dropping two. I think they go five and one in the division, sweep the Steelers, sweep one of the Browns and Ravens, and then drop one game. It's tough to go six and zero in the division. It, mm-hmm. All those teams know you really well, and like I said, the Browns have had the Bengals number, and Ravens. You know, I think a little bit overstayed with the health issues last year with who was getting injured, but getting guys like Marcus Peters back, it does make a difference. The best part about all of this is when we record again on Thursday, we'll have Super Bowl predictions, but we'll have NFL football that night. Real games will be 48 hours away from the real deal. Pittsburgh Steelers are coming to town. We'll preview everything and more for week one for the Cincinnati Bengals. What's up on all Bengals for you this week? I'm doing a preview on the Steelers. And since there's no game, previous game to talk about, it's more in-depth preview. I did this on the Vikings last year. Just looking, I'm only going to be looking at the defense because I'm not going to write a thousand words about that Wario coach and his quarterback. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, just look for Hendrickson to destroy Dan Moore again. And I think that's the key matchup. Um, yeah, I'm just going to preview the front that should be out by the time you're listening to this podcast, the defensive front, all those players. And then the next day on, uh, on Thursday, the, uh, I'll be previewing the, the secondary, sorry, (laughs) I couldn't think of words. Been a, been, been a hard hour. <laughs> yeah, good thing. I'll preview the secondary, and this comes with personnel and schematics. So, like, what fronts do they play? And then a look, deep look into what t- 
TJ Watt is as a player and what Cam Hayward is a player. And then little previews of the other guys. And then for the secondary big preview of Minka Fitzpatrick and then little previews of the other guys and schematic, what coverages do they like? What did they play against the Bengals last year? All that fun stuff. So if you want to get a real deep look at the Steelers defense and uh, their players, take a peek at that article, those articles, I guess. Check it out, all Bengals, Bengals underscore Sands. He has awesome breakdown videos and just a good follow on Twitter. You can find me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back on Thursday for an in-depth preview of the Bengals Steelers week one at Paycor Stadium on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.